Grace and peace to you from our Lord Jesus Christ. The word of the Lord which comes to us this morning actually comes from our epistle lesson, 1 Corinthians chapter 1, starting at verse 10. Paul writes, I appeal to you, brothers, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that all of you agree and that there be no divisions among you, but that you be united in the same mind and same judgment. For it has been reported to me by Chloe's people that there is quarreling among you, my brothers. What I mean is that each, each one of you says, I follow Paul, or I follow Apollos, or I follow Cephas, or I follow Christ. Is Christ divided? Was Paul crucified for you? Or were you baptized in the name of Paul? I thank God that I baptized none of you except Crispus and Gaius so that no one may say that you were baptized in my name. I did baptize also the household of Stephanus. Beyond that, I do not know whether I baptized anyone else. For Christ did not send me to baptize, but to preach the gospel, and not with words of eloquent wisdom, lest the cross of Christ be emptied of its power. I loved my time here as a student when I was here at Concordia Seminary. I was a 40-plus-year-old student when I came here. I worked hard as a student, but to be honest, it was almost a sabbatical-like experience for me after working and teaching and going to graduate school for most of the previous 20 years. My wife will tell you that uh, I was having the time of my life studying and playing varsity tennis and intramurals and while she was working full-time, she will tell you. I made many good friends with my fellow students and enjoyed many wonderful theological conversations with the brothers as well, which is why I was so shocked that after we finished our studies here, two or three of my friends seemed to me to have jumped very quickly into what I thought of as a kind of party spirit, blogging and aligning themselves for and against certain factions within the Missouri Synod, something that I had not heard them do while we were here as students. One of the most frustrating examples for me personally was when one of them actually came to visit us in our home one summer while his family was on vacation, and they happened to come while we were just starting vacation Bible school at Emmanuel Lutheran Church in Junction City, Kansas. Now, for your information, I did occasionally wear my clerical collar in, during the week, especially if I wanted to go to a, make a hospital visit in a neighboring town or visit a shut-in who had uh, dementia. I made a conscious decision to wear my clerical collar the first day of vacation Bible school because I wanted to communicate to all of the uh, uh, visitors, parents and children, who the pastor was without them having to ask someone else. My seminary friend saw me walking out of the house that morning wearing my clerical collar and his words were, and I quote, I didn't know you were going to become one of those penguins. I wasn't happy. We Christians, perhaps especially we Missouri Synod Lutherans, sometimes find it so easy to fall into the trap of party spirit, of factions. Here we are being, I believe, blessed by being in the most confessionally unified synod of congregations, denomination, if you will, more confessionally unified than any other denominational denomination around. Yet, perhaps because of the high value we place on confessional unity, we sometimes are tempted to seek out only those people who 
are like us in personality and style and sometimes avoid having pleasant, loving, even civil conversations, Christian conversations with those who are different from us. I sometimes feel a little bit sorry for the Corinthians that they received such a harsh letter from Paul at this time. They had only been Christians perhaps three or four years at the time that Paul is writing to them. It's almost like they shouldn't have known any better. But you and I have had the gospel and open scriptures preached to us and revealed to us now for decades, even in a sense for 500 years. The good news is, well, at least that party spirit doesn't happen here on the campus of Concordia Seminary. Oh, you mean it might? I do hear the occasional report of party spirit amongst us, be it over worship style or theological style. Granted, we should, we do, sometimes disagree and debate about various issues here. That's what an educational institution is about. And, to be honest, we faculty do hope that you will take our own personal words, our particular words, and hold them with appreciation, especially after you leave here. But I think it's safe to say that uh, none of the faculty here want to hear students so aligned with them that they hear their own name with the suffix "-ite", or "-ionite", added on to the end of their name. Uh, Jeff, do you want anybody calling themselves Gibbsites? <laughs> Not so much, so. <laughs> oh. The good news for me is I'm quite certain that nobody, even if they were highly interested in pastoral care issues, would want to call themselves a Martian, or worse yet, a Marcionite, so. Because there are so many variant and heterodox teachings amongst Christians in various, in our modern times, it is a tragic but regrettably necessary, um, it is regrettably necessary to have various adjectives to describe those differences between Lutherans and Catholics and Baptists and Methodists and others. To ignore those differences in those teachings would be naive and misguided. Truth is truth and should be spoken that way, but spoken in love that way. Elevating our differences too high can lead to an unhealthy, even sinful level of pride, boastfulness, and superiority. Ironically, the term Lutheran or Lutherish was first used by Luther's enemies but it soon began to be widely used by his friends as well. At first, Luther resisted having his name tied so directly, but later on reluctantly consented to it. In 1522, he wrote this, True, by any consideration of body or soul, you should never say, I am Lutheran or Papist, for neither of them died for you or is your master. Christ alone died for you. He alone is your master, and you should confess yourself a Christian. But if you are convinced that Luther's teaching is in accord with the gospel, and that the Pope's is not, then you should not discard Luther so completely, lest with him you discard also his teaching, which you recognize as Christ's teaching. You should rather say, whether Luther is a rascal or a saint, I do not care. His teaching is not his but Christ's. I said earlier that sometimes I feel a little sorry for the Corinthian Christians that received this letter from Paul. 
They'd only been Christians for a few years. But if you read on farther in the letter, you find out they were managing to get it wrong in a whole variety of different ways. In those few years, they had learned to be divisive, not just about names, but on issues like church discipline and marriage and idols and Lord's Supper and Christ's resurrection, you name it, they seem to be getting it wrong. But Paul doesn't just chastise, doesn't just admonish them and leave them with no remedy. He reminds them, he proclaims to them whose they are and what Christ has done for them. He asks these questions, is Christ divided? Was Paul crucified for you? Were any of you baptized into the name of Paul? With these three rhetorical questions, Paul takes them and us back to the foundation, to the unity of Christ and his followers. We are baptized into his crucifixion, into his death, into his resurrection. Later, Paul will remind us that we are not alone. We are God's field, and it is God alone who is giving growth to the plants. We are God's temple, not a bunch of disconnected building blocks. We are one body, not a set of disparate body parts. Later again, Paul will remind them how they are united in this gift that we will celebrate here again in a few minutes. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you, you plural and together, proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. It is my sincere prayer, my sincere hope that after you leave this place, you will seek to be unified as far as it is possible for you with other brothers and sisters in the faith, especially among fellow pastors and church workers in the LCMS. I hope you will do this, not because it's advice coming from Mars or Luther or Paul or any other human being, but because you recognize that you are unified by the Christ who lives in you and among you all and through you. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, guard your, plural, your, hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.